Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us, and God is in our truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet, from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Hello and welcome to Zero Today. I am your humble host, Dr. Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. We're promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming, and we are here to empower you, our listeners, to knowing, being, impacting the world around you. And as always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. Several ways you can do so. You can always follow us on social media. Go to our Facebook page, Zero Network on Facebook. Also on Twitter, at Zero Radio is the handle. At Lorenzo T. Neal is my personal handle. Um, where else are we? Where else are we? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> wherever you can find us, we are there. And we invite you to join us and uh, share this broadcast on all of your social media outlets. <clears throat> We also launched a new podcast uh, called Be Your Differentiated Self that is available on all your podcast outlets, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all those outlets. Y'all hear my dog out there? He, he got a new play friend. And I don't know. They're making too much noise for me. Uh, one of the one of the distractions of recording from home. Anyway, uh, so we we got that going on. And we invite you to go there and check it out and listen and um, subscribe and follow. Also, um, I tell you, it's making too much noise. Uh, so I, I'm getting lost. <laughs> what what was I about to say? Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. It, uh, yeah, supporters. Uh, become a patron. Uh, support us on patreon.com slash Lorenzo T. Neal. Uh, for as little as a dollar a month, you can help us do what we do with this broadcast, with our podcast, and our new, uh, newly launched YouTube channel. Go there, like, subscribe, uh, all of that. So we're expanding our digital media all together, and we appreciate you for doing it. Be looking out for a new book that will be coming out uh, in 2020. We're hoping that we can uh, get that done. And I'm looking forward to that. Anyway, so we have an exciting show that's going to be happening uh, uh, later in the hour. We'll be joined by author Monica Hudson. Uh, she has a, a book that has recently come out that she recently published, 
and it's called the Adornments of Men, a Man, excuse me. And we'll be talking with her about her book and other works, and um, sharing uh, in her publishing ministry. So we uh, we're looking forward to her joining us in the second half of this hour. So let me jump into the news of the day. I know uh, the the United States Congress have um, produced and announced articles of impeachment, two articles of impeachment against President Trump. Um, I cannot cannot name them. They were on the tip of my tongue. I was just reading the article um, the, not long ago to be refreshed. But anyway, they have they have um, produced articles of impeachment, and I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I think this process is um, one is is unmerited, and I'm not saying that President Trump has not done things worthy of uh, censure, censure or impeachment. I just think that this is too late in the game to do what you had. You know, there were many opportunities early in his in his uh, term that they could have done something. There were many persons immediately after he was elected, immediately calling for impeachment just because of his character. But you got to understand the, the people voted, the Electoral College uh, carried out the wishes of the people. And I think the best weapon, uh, the best offense or defense, whichever one you want to call it, against what people see as uh, his his crimes or whatever you want to call it. Um, is to just to vote him out if you if you really want to be about you know the term. It, I I just think this late in the game to drop articles on impeachment that we know is already clearly partisan that we know will be passed in the House and probably defeated in the Senate just like it happened 20 years ago with President Clinton. Um, it 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 just seems to me whether you're in favor of it or not that um the political up, political process should be played out. But they're getting what they want, and like I said, the last three and a half years, this is what they've been trying to accomplish. And over something as uh, trivial as a phone call, to me, um, doesn't make any sense. And I said this when President Trump was elected, uh, that <laughs> those of us who are used to change, you know, being in itinerant ministry, we're used to change. You know, we're used to it happening. You just deal with it until that change comes again. And um, I support presidents. I don't support the. You know, I hope and pray that each president who is elected has a moral center, an absolute moral center. But you know, we're dealing with one who never really has had one, and he's surrounded by persons of faith who are supposedly giving him counsel and yet it appears that he doesn't care about that counsel he doesn't care that they're praying for him because the the moment they pray for him he goes right back and becomes petty <laughs> you're attacking you're, you're attacking individuals personal you know with personal things and it's just funny and the uh just from my perspective with the 2020 democratic presidential candidates you know, they seem to be pandering more to abstract ideas than concrete 
uh, I can't create reality, you know, some abstract ideas to pander to uh, small populations of the country. That that may get you, you know, up in the polls, but is unrealistic when it comes to praxis. You know, this country is is a multi-ethnic, multi-religious, interfaith. Uh, the dynamics about it, you know, we and we we can't just pander to one particular population. The other, in, in regards to black people in particular, the black people in particular, we have no reason to pander to anyone, you know, to give in to anyone's pandering towards us, you know, because both parties have been insufficient in relating with us and delivering on things that they say. Both parties. Uh, and, but you have to admit, under this current administration, uh, we have seen notable concrete changes with black unemployment, uh, the black wealth gap decreasing, all of these things, you know. And so we should be favorably towards uh, administrations like this, whether we agree with them morally or not. And, uh, well, let, let me let me provide clarity with that. Uh, we should demand moral uh, leadership, you know, along with uh, the economic building, you know, and all that stuff that comes with uh, presidential administration. We should demand that at least give us a sense of moral direction. I think that's one thing people loved and admired about President Obama and President Clinton is that they gave this – well, not so much Clinton, <laughs> but they gave this sense of uh, a moral uh, – a, a, a sense of morality, a sense of duty that came with their responsibility. And with President Trump, we're not seeing that. He does have a sense of duty, but it's a duty to his own cause, his own way. And it may not be, but that's the way it's perceived, especially in mainstream media and all of that. But we don't know the man, you know. But we we know what he said in in large part he's actually doing what he said he would do, and so some people are sticking to him with him simply because of that, and they're saying you know you just take the good with the bad. <laughs> but either way, uh, I, I solicit your prayers on behalf of our elected congresspersons so that they. Uh, Will do what is best for this country, and not what is best for a party, or a policy, or whatever it may be. The other thing I wanted to address, and I think I talked about it on a YouTube video uh, I posted a few days ago, is this issue with John Gray and Pastor Ron Carpenter, Redemption Church, Relentless Church. Now, over a year ago, when Ron Carpenter announced that he would be transitioning to a, another ministry in California and that he would be um, giving the leadership of his church, pastoral leadership of his church, to uh, Pastor John Gray. And, you know, John Gray had come up in uh, Christian celebrity, I guess you can say. And in doing so, 
you know, he was ministering regularly at Lakewood Church there under the Joel Osteen and pretty uh pretty popular speaker. And um so the impression was that this was a transcend and I honestly thought this is just what I you know, when they ceremoniously handed over the keys that he was taking over Redemption Church only to really to discover no uh he was in a in a way planting his church within the construct of Redemption Church and the two two entities would serve in somehow a uh, symbiotic kind of relationship and that's apparently how they've been functioning separate but equal in so many ways but not quite separate but equal and please forgive me if I'm you know this is uh, again this is how I understood it I'm not saying this is how it actually is um but anyway so when news leaked of a possible eviction notice of eviction to uh the relentless church yeah it was it was in the midst of all that the grades have experienced over the last year and a half regarding uh questions of infidelity regarding questions of fiscal responsibility uh and all that all the other stuff that's just been surrounding pastor gray it, it you know one hit after another that's what it kind of seemed like the long the long sto- sh- uh, not long story um so it turns out that that there were seeds of thy scent sold over the period of time. There were persons, you know, who just I guess like some people with President Trump. They just didn't like the fact there was new leadership. They were not loyal. They are not loyal and there are reports uh that alleged there was, you know, work environment was was kinda stressful or it was difficult and all that, all that kinds of things. So they had leakers and people leaked information that was public, but should not be made public. And uh, conversations between Pastor Hope Carpenter and other church leadership, you know, or membership or however you want to get leaked. And it, it became a big mess and I'm sure quite a grand misunderstanding. And my initial report was based off information that I got from that was posted by uh, YouTuber Larry Reed and on his show Larry Reed Live, and also by the Christian Post um, website. And the initial uh, initial release stated eviction, and then later, not quite eviction, but a um, Termination of the uh, verbal agreement, which turned out to not really be a verbal agreement, which turned out to be a little bit more complicated. And Pastor Gray addressed the church. And um, if you you can go to uh, the old black church with uh, Miss Ann Brock, she has an article there with the link to the uh, video of Pastor Gray addressing the church directly about um the i the, the alleged being behind on rent or lease and anything like that stating they are current with all properties and things of that nature 
and and again, I I have to uh, get commendations for Pastor John in a way publicly. He's saying, look, we're not speaking negatively about the carpenters, about Redemption Church or anything. And it's really, you know, really commendable of him to, to do so. And from my personal experience, being in itinerant ministry, you know, transitions are never easy. Um, I've, I've followed pastors who were loved by their members. And when they got moved to another church, uh, they were like, we don't know if we want you yet. You have to prove the fact that you can be a pastor, you know, and uh, especially when, you know, you the average the average tenure at the church is about five years. And so it's a little bit longer now. But in most cases, the average tenure is about five years before you move to another church. Um, and and so it took a while for members to get to the place of not really displaying loyalty, but ex- really accepting leadership as your path, you know, you being the pastor or whatever. It's very difficult. And also when it comes to the management of things like property, uh, you know, I've I've followed in churches where uh, I followed pastors who had created uh, fiscal issues with the church that I've had to correct, and I didn't have a lot of time to correct it. You know, you only have a a, a year or so to correct it, and you do what you have to do to do it, and um, you, you you display that type of you seek the Lord for wisdom and you learn quickly on the job of what needs to be done to get the church uh, where it needs to be fiscally, uh, where it needs to be spiritually, and where it needs to be um, numerically, all of that. It takes it takes courage, but it also takes a lot of work. A lot of effort has to be put in. You know, it, it does take a lot of discipline, both spiritually mentally and uh administratively it takes a lot of discipline and it is very clear and, and Pastor Gray has gone on record admitting uh with a, another interview I believe with Larry Larry Reed um that he was ill prepared when he came into uh pastoral leadership and in so many words he was used to being the talent and never really had to do more that be the talent. And when you get, and I talked about, you know, when you talk, I talked about this in a video, novice pastors, we always have something, we have a zeal and we don't always have the skill. Sometimes that skill is developed. Sometimes it's come naturally, but for the most part, those who are new in pastoral ministry, no matter what level of pastoral ministry, you know, if you're coming on as a worship pastor, you're coming on as a lead pastor, you're coming on as a pastor of Christian education or pastor of counseling and care, whatever it may be, you you have to grow into those roles. And though you may have skills related to those roles, you have to ever learn new skills to maintain and elevate in those roles. And Pastor Gray admitted that, you know, he didn't have those skills. And there were other issues that uh, came out with the interview with Larry Lee, Larry Reed regarding their personal his personal relationship with his wife and all of that. Um, so you can go to Larry Reed live and, and hear all of that. I I I don't have that detail. I'm not caring personally about that. My whole point of this 
was that as pastors, we need to be well-educated on our role in as ministers as well as administrators. And we need to be as transparent as we can with members. And so that, you know, if members feel left out, if members of your leadership team feel left out, if they're not loyal and they start leaking things uh, to the public about you personally or about the church, you know, you need to be able to, uh, to deal with that in a manner that is like Jesus and Paul, straight and direct. <laughs> Paul, in his letter to Corinthian church, was very direct. And in his second letter said, look, I didn't want to write these this, these letters to come across as a mean person. But if I hadn't, you know, you wouldn't be repentant. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have this sense of remorse. And I'm really, you know, paraphrasing what Paul writes. But that was the way it was. The same with, you know, Christ said. There's a lot of stuff I can't tell other folk that I can tell you, and I expect more of you because you follow me than, than them. And it would be harder, you know, for you. My, my chair is creaking a lot. I don't know why it's creaking like this. <laughs> anyway, so pray for Pastor Gray. Pray for the carpenters. Um, there's a lot going on. And in one broadcast, uh, that Pastor Gray did, it was uncertain as to, even though he presented what he called a Vision 2020 and what he's going to share with the church regarding that, it was still unclear if they would make uh, retain the property or, you know, leave and go to another building. That, that was uncertain. I'm, I'm sure members are probably interested in that. But pray for them. Pray for that congregation because they are in need of it. Uh, the reality is, and as I said in my in my video, you know, churches are planted every day, and churches close every day. Thousands of churches start every year, and thousands of churches close every year. A lot of people feel called to a pastoral ministry, but they may not be. A lot of people just go because they see the imagery of a pastor, and they want it. And they don't know all that comes with it. And after nearly 25 years of pastoral ministry, probably longer if I count being a youth pastor, but uh, in, in my lead pastor role for the last 20-plus uh, years, definitely over 20-plus years, um, one thing I have had to learn, particularly being in the Methodist tradition and in being an itinerant, is that every church has a different culture. People will be people. And in my case, you know, most of the members were there before I came. They'll probably be there when I'm gone. <laughs> but if you're planning a church, you, you have the you have the way you have to create the culture of the church so that it could thrive without you. And I've I've talked about ministry succession before and I'll probably do a, a talk about that again because that's very pertinent. No individual it's promised to last in ministry. We just had a pastor of uh, a, a very prominent congregation uh, on the East Coast was killed. And, you know, people were unprepared for that. His family's unprepared for that. Think about the pastors who commit suicide. Their families are unprepared for that. Their churches aren't prepared for that. And think about the pastors who die before their time, you know, naturally. 
they weren't set. And I hear of this quite uh, quite a bit, you know. Uh, pastors preach, and then they drop dead, and their congregations are not prepared for that. So secession it, it needs to be discussed, especially if it's a, a congregational setting. Um, in our case, I don't ever have to worry about secession. If I die before before my body's in the morgue, somebody else will be at the church. <laughs> There'll be another person appointed to the church. I'm just kidding, not not that quick. But I did receive a pastoral appointment once at another pastor's funeral. As they were rolling the body out, the bishop said, meet me in the clergy, meet me in the choir loft. And he handed out appointments at the funeral. And that that was the only unique experience I've had at that. (laughs) But anyway, um, I'm going to take a quick break. And hopefully we will be joined by our guest, uh, Arthur Hudson. She should be on in the 12.30 hour. If not, I will continue on. But right now, we're just going to take a quick break. And we'll be back right after this. You're listening to Zira Today with Dr. Lorenzo Neal. So if you're not aware, I am a very, very curious person. I'm always trying to learn new things. And um, so I recently learned about Skillshare, and it's opened up so many doors for me on learning how to be a better creative person. I've learned – I've taken classes on uh, creative writing, on my podcasting, on my YouTube videos, all of that. It has come in handy. And I would strongly recommend you, if you are trying to improve on any skill that you have and you want to go from being a hobby to uh, make it a pro, (laughs) I I want to invite you to go to Skillshare.com. Skillshare.com is where you can go to learn all kinds of things. They have workshops on everything that you can imagine, photography, videography, uh, writing, anything that you can think of. You can find it on Skillshare, so and I'm telling you, you're gonna you're gonna really love it. It's it's worth every single moment, every single class, and you'll you'll love it. You'll greatly greatly enjoy it. Go check it out. Skillshare.com/slash/zero-today-radio. Farmers, we've seen almost everything, so we know how to cover almost anything, even mermuts. And we covered it, February 3rd, 2016. Talk to farmers. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Have you had issues with your credit and you've been wanting to know what you can do to make it better, make it higher, get better stuff and more stuff? Well, 
we have an answer for you. Evidence Credit Evolution. That is the answer that we have for you. Evidence Credit Evolution offers you real credit repair that's quick and secure. There's no subscription affiliated with it. You only pay when negative items are removed from your report after joining. There's a one-time fee for lifetime enrollment and $25 for every item deleted. Learn more by visiting myfes.net slash emcovery. That's myfes.net slash emcovery. Or give her a call at 662-372-2120. That's Evelyn's Credit Evolution. You'll be glad that you did. Hello and welcome back to Zero Today. Again, I'm your humble host, Dr. Lorenzo Neal. We are um, we were talking previously about some of the issues, the impeachment and John Gray. So, um, welcome, 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 welcome. Again, we invite you to join us on all your social media. We're on Facebook at the Zero Network. We're also on Twitter at Zero Radio. It's the Twitter handle for the show, and personal is at Lorenzo T. Neal. We are joined in the second uh, half of the show by author Monica Hudson. Monica, are you on? Yes, I am. Good to have you. Been a while. Yes, it has been. Um, I was just uh, thinking about our first interview, um, but yes, it has been. I thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, we we've been working on trying to get this and. she sent me uh, a copy of her current book, and I, I had the chance to read it. And my schedule has been crazy, so I I'm so, so glad that we were able to finally coordinate time to get you on to talk about uh, this book. And um, but before we talk about this book, tell us a little bit about yourself, and and, I, and all about what you've done with your publishing ministry. Okay, uh, I have you. I have you on speaker. Can you hear me? So I hear sure. you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, my name, my name, my author name is Monica Hudson. I reside in Little Rock, Arkansas. I'm a uh, I'm a native of Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Uh, my home church, my home church is Bethel AME Church here in Little Rock. Um, I have three children. I have five grandchildren. Uh, I'm in. Uh, also, I uh, don't do just writing. I'm also uh, been in healthcare for uh, over 20 years. Uh, uh, work here in Little Rock. Um, uh, have quite a few hobbies that I like to do. Um, uh, of course, writing. I love journaling. Uh, I'm a craft person, so I love arts and crafts and um, a stargazer. Um, I love all different types of music. Uh, I try to be very active. Um, I love traveling. I'm an army brat, so I love traveling and um, meeting people and talking to people. Awesome. So you've got a number of books, but you also self-publishes. So let's let's talk a little bit before we get into talking about uh, the book, Adornments of Man. Let's talk about your uh, journey into 
publishing? How did you get started? And I know, you know, we've talked about this in the past, but for new listeners, talk about your journey into publishing and what led you to do self-publishing and all of that. Okay. Well, um, my uh, my publishing company was birthed out of, um, I'll say, God's change of plans. <laughs> Um, I went. I went through a lot of things in my uh, in my personal life, and um, I came to start writing, which is, I've always had a passion for it. But on this journey, I uh, I wrote the first book, and then, like riding a bicycle, I just kept right on. And before I knew it, I had wrote the second book. Um, and so God gave me the insight on how to start my publishing company, and. Um, during the difficult or dark times of my life, he also showed me a vision of of what he wanted me to do with my life, which is to write books, and my gift is encouragement. So uh, my books are, are a reflection of that. Um, my company is called Hudson Publishing, and we market nonfiction Christian books. And we do uh, devotionals and journal books. But we we do a little bit more than that. We uh, also market Christian retail products, so this kind of goes hand in hand with my uh, with my writing ministry. Uh, awesome. Um, uh, the motto of my uh, of my company is serving spiritual cuisine to the masses, and so I have a website. It's two, the number two, the letter C, divineanswers.com. And uh, I also write a, a blog page there. So uh, I take my ministry to uh, a lot of book conferences, women's conferences. Uh, so I've just been so blessed to be able to, to travel. And like I said, one of my gifts is I love to meet people and to talk talk to people or let them talk to me. Um there are four pillars to my company. Uh, first, the foundation is uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. But the pillars are encouragement, education, eloquence, and empowerment. Uh, as you go to my uh, Facebook page or my website, you should be able to see those pillars and our mission, our vision, and our purpose. Um, for time's sake, you know, I just want to say that uh, the mission is to build a uh, to build a Christian-based company, a uh, publishing house, um, to provide for our readers and our customers a wide range of book products uh, that reflect the teachings of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, our vision is to market nonfiction Christian books through all forms of literary material or to showcase the Christian experience and the journey towards spiritual maturity. Uh, our purpose is to amplify the gospel of Jesus Christ, to teach about the effectiveness and power of spiritual growth, and to teach about the effectiveness of faith. So these are just a few um, things that my, that, um, that my company does. All right. And with, I'm, I'm going to give you another opportunity to um... – Toward the end of the, the broadcast, to give you know, so you can share that information again um, with people who may be joining in, because um, we we're, we're live right now, uh, but it will be archived. Uh, 
So let's get into discussion on your uh, your new book, The Adornments of Man. And I've had the opportunity to – I need to go on Amazon and, and give a review, <laughs> and I'm going to do that. Um, so tell me what birthed this book. Well, um, this this book is the fifth book in the Sleeper Sleeper Awake series. Yes, it's a it's a, the journey. It's an inner journey to know your identity in Christ, and so the adornments of man gives the identity of who we uh, what character that Christ is uh, that we should be mirroring from Him. It's to learn. It's uh, it's about spiritual growth and it's about faith. So, um, you, but, but, oh, okay. but, but it's also about Christian. It's also about Christian discipleship. And you know, and, and that's what I really appreciate because we are losing the message of discipleship in uh, many churches. You know, they're joining churches. A lot of churches are growing. But the disciples of the church or the pastor, and not disciples of Christ. And so, I, I notice you bring that out quite a bit. Uh, uh, um, you, you write about um, the righteous man, and in the righteous man, you equate. Hold on, I, I got it here. <laughs> um, you, you talk about before being a, a righteous man. We talk about it before. Uh, Oh shoot! Um, kind of hard to see right now. I, I have my notes, and my notes are straining. My eyes are straining to read the notes. <laughs> so forgive me, okay? Oh, um, that's okay. That's okay. I have my, I have my, I have my notes too. Um, <laughs> I was feel that. But are you talking about the being the right agreement with with God? Uh, talk about what it means to be the to be in the right agreement with God. Well, uh, to be in right agreement with God, first of all, you have to. Um, first of all, you have to uh, be obedient to God, and um, trust Him. But first of all, you have to uh, give your life to Him. Um, that's that's the very start. Of, that's the very start of it. That's where the Christian discipleship comes in. That's where the Christian discipleship comes in, uh, because you have to give your life to Him and um, your trust to Him, because that's what He wants you to do. And you have to believe in His Son, uh, Jesus Christ. Um, you also have to have faith, because that's what the Christian journey is based on. Uh, faith. Believing, believing everything, believing the word, believing everything that God has promised you that He's that He has done for you, you have to believe that um, everything He has for you that He will provide for you. Uh, having a strong prayer life is a uh, the relationship that you have with Him. Um, And just continue, continuing to grow in Christ through the Word, and not so in showing your the action 
not so much the, the doing, you know, um, being right with God, being obedient to God, having a strong prayer life, uh, shining for Christ, um, which is what I actually ask for today is to shine for Christ because I'm being obedient to the word because I am the vessel that he is using to get the word out about who he is. So that is having a right relationship with him. I'm being obedient to his word, to the calling that he gave me. Amen to that. Um, I, I can't can't argue with what you said. Uh, I think you're absolutely correct in that. The, the other thing that caught my attention in this book is I, I like what you use uh, is a chapter called Symmetry of Faith. Um, when I read that, when I when I read that chapter one, I just like the idea of you using, uh, you correlating symmetry and faith together and defining it. I, uh, talk talk about that symmetry of of, of faith, because um, I I got a lot of a lot out of that one. Well. Um... You know, to be honest about that chapter, um, it's a very short chapter, mm-hmm. and I really don't even understand why it's that short. Um, I was I was really curious myself if uh, the reader would understand um, um, would understand the chapter. But first of all, you have to understand the word symmetry mm-hmm. because. Yes. Um, when you understand what the word means, then you can correlate it to your life. Uh, and if I may uh, tell you what the meaning is, symmetry is what occurs when one side of something balances, balances out or mirrors the other. And I think I just said in our conversation that we are supposed to mirror him. Mm-hmm. Uh, be a reflection of, be a reflection of him um, one example that I used about symmetry was Leonardo da Vinci's uh, uh painting uh, mm-hmm. i used i used that uh the painting of the last supper um, symmetrical balance creates harmony and it is here that we dwell deeper into the inner man in relationship to faith and harmony that are both mirror images of man's life in relationship to God and walking the path of the journey of faith. So there you have it. You have three things. You have harmony, you have faith, and um, a a relationship. See, those are all mirror images. Um, One thing I mentioned about in that chapter was about worldly chaos. Right, yes. Because that, because because that chapter is telling you, uh, see, we um, we as Christians uh, and even new Christians, feel, if I may say, uh, sometimes feel that nothing should touch us uh, because we belong to the Lord. But uh, if we look, if we read the Word, we will know that that was not true to those He called or those that are His. And even Christ himself, when he was here, faced uh, all types, different types of difficulty. In life, uh, in worldly chaos, in good times, yes, we should praise him. 
But there's a but see what you have to understand is in the flip of the coin, on the other side there's the dark side. All the chaos and the the difficulties that you go through lie. That's the symmetry. So the book is about Christian discipleship and I'm talking about symmetry because I'm letting you know that whatever side of the coin that you you find yourself, whether in life you have a um um um, you're being blessed, you know, showing a faith, God's favor, or whether you're on the dark, dark side where you're just having all kinds of different chaos, whether it was with your job, with your family, even yourself, your friends, people walk away, bad relationships, toxic, whatever it is, you have to understand that God is still there with you. God is he's with you in the good, and he's with you in the bad. And that's the walk of Christian discipleship. Because uh, earlier in the conversation, I mentioned that um, he wants you to trust him. And I, I know in my own life, my own testimony, that out of all crazy chaos that I have gone through, I know God was right in the midst of it. And he brought me through it. And that's where the trust comes in. But a lot of people, a lot of people, uh, when they go through things, they feel that God has abandoned them. But it's 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 not that. It's that God is doing something in your life, uh, and that's about the inner man. Because there are two there are two men, the outer man and the inner man. God is doing something within you. He's molding you. And that's what the chaos is all about. But in in the book, you also talk about wholeness, and in that chapter, rather, you also talk about wholeness and completeness regarding symmetry. I, I, I think that's what really caught my attention to the whole of the matter. Because when it comes to faith, we make it so abstract, you know. And I like to you use the New Living Translation uh, of Hebrews. Living one and, and and that, and, but we forget the concrete and the practical side of how faith really is both interpersonal with how we interact with each other, but also how we interact with God. And it goes back to the idea, you know, being in right standing, you know, with the Lord. Uh, we forget that God makes us whole and complete. We forget that um, we have to be perfectly lined up with Him. And we can only do that when we are in right in right fellowship with him. We, we, we don't make ourselves perfect. We don't we don't have perfect faith. Nobody has perfect faith. All of it is because of our humanity flawed. But the fact that God makes us whole, makes us complete, and gives us that, that symmetry, both to have a relationship with him and to to serve out our faith in, in the world. I, I think that was right there that, that – did it for me. <laughs> I see. I see. Um, I, I believe that, um, and 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 that you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, and I think, depending on where you're standing, or what's going on in your life, is what you what you will um, what you will get out of um, what you will get out of the book. Um, because every you know, and that's with any book, um, 
but you're absolutely right on that key, yes. <laughs> All right, thank you very much. So let, let's move it. There's, there's one more thing that um, – oh, shoot. What is it? Uh, I wanted to talk to you about um, the potter's hand that you talk about in the inner man and the idea of being in, in darkness. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Okay, I sure can. Yes, I can. Um, you uh, you had uh, talked to me about the word viania, uh, uh, V-I-A-N-O-I-A, and that that word uh, is a Greek word, and it's talking about the mind, uh, the disposition, uh, your thoughts, your intelligence. Uh, it's about understanding. Um, the scripture, Ephesians 4, 17, which I think I have it right here, it talks about, um, it's a scripture that says, with the Lord's authority, let me say this, uh, this is Paul uh, talking to the Ephesians, um, live no longer as the ungodly, do for they are hopelessly confused. Their closed minds are full of darkness. They are far away from the life of God because they have shut their minds and hardened their hearts against them. They don't care anymore about right and wrong. And they, are, they have given themselves over to immoral ways. Their, law, their lives are filled with all kinds of impurity and greed. So that's basically what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Paul was telling the Ephesians about how they should, like we're talking right now about being right with God. When he was trying to explain to them about being right, that they would have to raise their standards um, and not live in the dark side of sexual immorality and uh, hatred and foolish talk. We were trying to talk to them about growing in spiritual maturity. Um, The inner inner man um, is supposed to be growing. We're supposed to be able to be demonstrating God's character, uh, showing Christ-like faith, uh, being Christ-like. I think basically that's what I was talking about when I said um, being in the potter's wheel and how God is maturing you and growing you through different situations in your life. If I'm if I'm making myself clear about that. Oh uh, yeah, yes you are. All right. Well, we we have just about uh, a minute and a half left. So um, again, I really appreciate you being on the show and um, being patient with me as we uh, made the schedules work. <laughs> um, uh, so before before we get off the air, um, again, I'm give you the opportunity to share with our listeners uh, your, your information, how they can get
get a copy of your book, uh, the, the Dorian's Man, or any other books from the series. And um, uh, if they're interested in publishing with you, or if you can share um, self-publishing information or tips or whatever you 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 can you would like to share in this moment, go if you don't mind, go ahead and do that. Okay, I will uh, quickly. Um, you can reach me at my website, uh, the number two, the letter C, divineanswers.com, uh, where you will find uh, all my books. There's five books there, and I, my journal books are there. And you, you can also find my book at uh, the, Pyramid, the Pyramid Bookstore here in Little Rock and Ephesus Bookstore in Pine Bluff. Um, as as we enter 2020, uh, they will be at other bookstores across the country. Uh, we're working on that right now. Um, but you can go to my website there and purchase uh, any of my books there. Uh, and on my website, there is a contact uh, page there, and you can reach out to me there. Any advice for those? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. And my email address will be pmm. QA at AOL.com if you want to reach out to me there. All right. Uh, and do you have any advice for persons who may be interested in self publishing or maybe uh, interested in uh, sharing their nonfiction Christian uh, books, ideas with you? Uh, yes, I, I do. Um, I'll, I'll make sure that you have a strong marketing. My suggestion first is always make sure that you have a strong marketing before you uh, get ready to publish your book. Make sure that um, that you are working with a good publisher that will give you uh, a good uh, editing, layout, and um, and composition. Um, as far as marketing your book, also uh, you can go to a lot of different. Uh, there are a lot of book conferences, um, book festivals. Um, you can do consignments at uh, at uh, libraries or bookstores. Uh, those are some of the things that I know that I do. And word of mouth is always the strongest. And I always I also make sure that you have a strong uh, a website to market your book. Those those are just a few of the the important things that you need to have, a good website, word of mouth, and uh, go online and research because you'll be surprised all the things that you can find to market your book. Awesome. Like I'm doing, like, like I'm doing right now. <laughs> uh, we got we we're expanding our market, so yeah, this is a good one. But <laughs> uh, uh, those who are just joining us or who have been listening, we've been talking with author Monica Hudson, who is the author of the book um, "The Armaments Got a Man" and also the owner and publisher of Hudson Publishing. Um, so thank you again for joining us, and we appreciate you. We'll be sharing this information. Uh, on all of our uh, social media with the show. Um, so we just appreciate you. Thank you so much, and you have a wonderful day. Thank you for having me. All right. 
And to our audience, I just want to say, um, again, we invite you to continue to subscribe to the show. It's hard to believe that going in 2020 will be 10 years that we've been doing this show. 10 years. It, it's amazing. I'm, I'm excited as we go into this this 10th year. So, uh, again, we invite you to follow us on all our social media, support us on Patreon. Um, Going to Patreon and Lorenzo T. Neal. Well, this is a dollar a month. Also, if you need a PayPal, we'll give you that information. And this show is archived, so you can go and listen on all podcast outlets, uh, Apple, iTunes, anywhere you can listen to archived shows. Also, on the Zero Network on Facebook. Go check it out. Till then, this is Dr. Lorenzo Neal. We hope to be back soon in your ears. But until then, you guys have a wonderful day. Dr. Neal and I'm out. Be blessed.